episode 150 of of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Ashes Von Nightmare. You can call me Ashes Von Nightmare. I am the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania. I drink like a Lannister and I am super stoked to be hosting this episode today. I'm very excited. This this very plastic and fantastic episode of Throwdown Thursday with me is my co-host both in life and on the show. He is nerdy. He is angry. He touched a shark two times a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Patsy the Angry Nerd. I touched a shark and I liked it. <laughs> something, something. I'm gonna tell you about it. I also touched some rays and they were flapping. <laughs> I don't know how the song goes. So. You, 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 that was, that was a, a good job. Good yeah. job. We also have the most extraordinary producer in podcast in studio today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Johnny Wolfenstein. I, I should get that on a business card or something. That's good. You should, yeah. Put it on your resume. <laughs> oh, we got, new, gold. we got we got new business cards. We did get business cards. We're like legit now. It's episode 150. We're doing a bunch of shit. We're going to be at Scaricon in Framingham, Massachusetts in, in a, a couple weeks, of yeah. weeks. Um, That's crazy. When, so if you want to come to Scaricon, they have some great guests. So it's... Um, they ooh, have, Phantasm 40th anniversary. Right. That's crazy and awesome and fun. Um... They also have uh, oh Elvira's going to be there. The I don't know if she's repeat. going Heather to be Langenkamp. in. Yeah, I, was saying, I don't know if she's going to be in full Elvira garb, but Cassandra Peterson's going to be there, and that's just the fact that I'm going to be breathing the same air as Cassandra Peterson just makes me really happy. Um, Billy Zane, uh, uh, the Art the Clown from Terrifier is going to be there. David uh, uh, Thornton, and I believe the director of Terrifier yes. is going to be there as well. I'd um, love to chat with those and guys. I think if I read this correctly, that uh, the guy who plays Art the Clown is going to be there in David full Thornton. makeup doing uh, photo ops. So that's crazy. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Terrifier. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. Um, decent horror film, uh, especially for like a newer horror, but the art the clown the character is just so freaky and like so just aesthetically pleasing like so really just cool and gruesome and off-putting david and, howard thornton so uh, i knew there was a middle name that i was missing so yeah if you're gonna be at scaricon in framingham massachusetts at the sheridan I believe. The Terra Sheraton. Uh, we're going to be there. It's a fucking castle. We're going to have a table. So come find us. Come hang out. Uh, we are also up for some podcast awards as well. Well, we don't know that yet. Hopefully. We're potentially up for some podcast awards. So come uh, support us. I know we're going to see some folks, uh, some folks that we know. Powerful Brandon will be there. I believe uh, Melissa from shock treatment is going to be there as well and uh our good our good friend uh alex divincenzo filmmaker extraordinaire will be there yeah from broke horror fan yep so it'll be a good time come play with us 
Uh, Forever and ever. I'll drink wine with me. Like it'll be great. You won't regret it. Yeah, I we're promise. gonna we're gonna record some video for YouTube. We're gonna do some live shit. We're gonna uh, do lots of stuff. We plan on getting some fun stuff. Too. We're gonna have merch. I'm gonna have some books to sell. We'll My, have candy. Uh, Come oh. play with us. We'll have candy. Yes. We're gonna get some candy. I like candy. And hopefully we don't eat it all. Come visit us so we don't eat all the candy because we don't need to eat all the candy. Um, so anyways, episode 150. This is crazy. I'm so excited. Uh, I just I, I, I'm, I was just, nodding. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> they, they heard the gust of wind through the microphone. Um, this is exciting. It is. It's, you know... I wasn't sure what was going to happen when we first started doing this show. I wasn't sure, like, if people were going to listen, if, you know, anybody was going to give a shit about, like, the stuff that we said. And we've undergone, like, a big transformation. You know, like you said, we have business cards. Our old business cards were literally cards that I got before Ashes and I even started dating. And I just kind of, like, made stickers that said Throwdown Thursday on the back and stuck them on the back of my business cards because, you know, we... We're just like, oh, we didn't get business cards again. Oh, because we weren't we weren't sure how like legit we were going to be. But then like we start getting all these really awesome guests. You know, we had the Megalodon crew on. We had Michael Price on like, you know, we're, we're starting to get some legitimacy here. You know, it's uh, it's pretty great. Like we have a lot of like, you know, cool people that like us. In <laughs> And, you know, we have you know, we have listeners uh, and I, I look at our, our stats every week. We have listeners, and I I want to make a point to thank all of our listeners that are, like, internationally. Like, we have folks that listen in, you know, Egypt, in, you know, we're very big in uh, Scandinavia, you know, the, uh, um, you know, Finland and Sweden and Norway and, and Denmark. It's really cool. Like, we have listeners on every continent except... Uh, Antarctica, so we got to get we got to do a penguin episode so we can get the. Uh... Oh my god! I know I keep we saying that. We have to do the penguin. So we spoke last week about going to the aquarium for Patrick's birthday present day, and obviously he loves seeing the sharks. He loves seeing the shark exhibit that they had there. They have penguins, and I'm not just talking like a couple of penguins. They have. Three different species of penguins. They have a lot of penguins. Like when you first walk into the aquarium, it's like, boom, penguins. I spent 20 minutes, no lie, in the beginning, just chilling with the penguins. Like I seriously like debated just hopping in at one we point. Passed, because... We walked past the shark touch tank to go see penguins. Yeah, so we had they had African penguins, which I found a really grumpy African penguin who I bonded with. I named him Gunther. He was just super grumpy, and I offered to take him home, but he informed me that he just he doesn't like cats, and obviously that's a deal breaker in my house. So it just it just wasn't meant to be. But you know, we 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 parted ways on a very good note. Um, 
but they also have little blue penguins, which are one of my favorites because they look like babies. And even when they're full grown, they look like babies. And they were having like races in the tank. And they and... had the sign that says these are not baby penguins. Yes, even though they look like babies. So I was penguins. like, oh, look, babies. And I saw the sign. I was like, oh, I was wrong. And I have this really cute video of them on a rock just trying to, like, dry off a little bit. And when they dry off, they kind of, like, twerk their tail feathers just to kind of, like, get all the water and moisture out of their little little hind feathers. It's so freaking cute. Um, and then they also have rockhopper penguins, which rockhopper penguins are the ones that have kind of, like, the, the orange hair coming out of the side of their heads. They're like the Donald Trump of penguins, but way cuter and not so... Racist. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was awesome. I have the best feathers. Like, so I, spent I eat some time. the most fish. <laughs> so we spent some time with them, went and explored the other exhibits in the aquarium. And before we left, because you have to pot, pass by the penguin exhibits again, I had to say goodbye to all of the penguins before we left so yeah it was it was an experience so maybe maybe telling my penguin story will appeal to the penguins in antarctica and they'll start listening i'm to hoping us. so like i some first... of us talked about some of the, the penguins and i we talked about you know starting a penguin coven because i mean i know it's called a, a colony but we all decided that penguin coven just sounded cooler than penguin colony but you know unfortunately they survive solely on fish and my diet needs a little bit more than that so we we kind of decided that it wasn't well you could have fish or regurgitated fish yeah yeah and as much as i love sushi uh that's a little too raw yeah well yeah yeah that's a that's a little too raw um i like a little a little rice and a little avocado with my fish um so yeah, so we decided it was it would be best to part ways, but we promised we would keep in touch. Yeah. So um, just uh, real quick, because I, I looked up some statistics. When we first started the show, we were getting maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 listens a week. The last seven days, we've had 283 listens to our podcast. Last month, 700. Wow. Like... You guys are so awesome. Like all of a sudden, like everybody's really, you guys really are digging so freaking what we're doing. Awesome. Like I'm really, I'm really glad that. Like I swear to God, this show has like the best listeners. You guys, I mean, I don't even want to call you listeners. You're like friends. Yeah, this your is friends. our extended podcast family. Right? Your friends, your family. You're awesome. Um, this is so cool. So thank you so much for listening to us for 150 episodes. We hope that you will continue to listen to us for 150 more. Yeah, I mean, we've got 96 cities in 15 countries on six continents. That's not too shabby. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, people all around the world are hearing us yammer on about fucking you like barbie me. today you really like me um but no that's really cool so we just wanted to extend a huge thank you to all of you we love you all so much and we care about our listeners and our friends and our families so much so thank you for giving us the time of day yeah i you know we only have 24 hours in a day and you folks you know listen to us for an hour of it you know, and you eh, give or take, yeah, half, you know. sometimes two hours, depending on the episode. Yeah, that's true. 
So we just want to take this time, you know, at, at, in episode 150 because, you know. You could listen to other stuff and yet you choose to listen to us. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have a choice. She has to listen to me because I'm always around. But huh? yeah, see, she tries that. What? But, yeah, she tries that. But after a while, she's like, oh, my God, will you shut up? So. Um, so speaking of shutting up, we have a getting into character question for today where we are asking because we are talking about Barbie and Barbie is such a huge conglomerate toy manufacturer. Uh, what were some of your favorite toys growing up? Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to age myself a little bit. So I had a few things that I really liked. Um, the wheel. Yes. The <laughs> Show us this, the wheel. Um, so I had uh, I had some He-Man stuff. I had my Fisher-Price uh, record player. Um, I had, um, you know, some Transformers. Not a lot. I had a few. Um, Legos. I had a lot of Legos. I had a little, like, toy piano that I used to... Just sit there and bang on the keys and sing shit too. So when I make up songs now and start singing them randomly, I've been doing that since I was three. <laughs> so ask her. I make up songs all the fucking time and just start it's singing true. them. Yep. Some of you may have uh, seen my uh, my my version of REM that I did about cheese the other day, where I asked her if we had any shredded cheese left. She goes, "Yeah, it's on the top shelf." I'm like. That's cheese in the corner. And I just had this whole thing. And she said she was going to murder me in my sleep. Because she was like, she's like, shut up. I'm like, oh, no, I've said too much. Because I was trying to watch. And she goes, shut the fuck up. Like the shutting up. (laughs) The one time I'm watching something that I want to watch that isn't related to a podcast appearance just for you know sheer enjoyment you have to sing over it and no i get to sing over it you you were serenaded is that what that was called yes so back to i've told this story before i don't think i've told it on this show but when i was a kid i used to watch voltron a lot Mm -hmm. and one of the characters i i really liked was the pilot of the the uh I keep want to call it a kaiju, the mech Aphrodite, and her name was Jessica. I had this little koala bear that had Velcro paws because it was supposed to hold a baby, but I lost the baby. I have no idea where it is. And so I named the koala bear Jessica, and we would like have adventures together similar to Calvin and Hobbes, but it was a koala bear named Jessica that I would... So, so it was Patrick and Jessica? Yeah, and I would... Um, I would put the the paws because I was small enough where I could put the uh, the paws around my neck and wear Jessica like a cape, and like we would run around and she'd be like hanging on and we'd just like jump from couch to couch. And so my parents had this, uh, and I've never even told you this story, but my parents had this um, this bookcase. They still have the bookcase, mm-hmm. um, and. In front of the bookcase was a chair. We had matching sofa, love seat chair set. I think my grandparents had given it to us when they got new stuff. You know, that's usually how it works. You know, you're in one of your first apartments. Your parents get new furniture. You get the old stuff. That's how we have stuff. I was going to say, that's how our apartment is furnished. 
and I was doing something, and I jumped from the table to the chair, and the chair rocked backwards and shattered one of the glass doors. And I remember my parents being so angry. But I was like three. I just remember doing it, and I was just like... I remember I did it, and the babysitter was in the other room because my brother was like a year and a half, almost two years younger than me. So he was doing... I don't know what the fuck he was doing. But he was running off. Yeah, doing like toddler shit. I don't know. He's probably... I mean, he definitely wasn't eating a, a, a squash piece of cat shit that looked exactly like an Oreo but tasted terrible. Not that that it was ever me or anything. But um, Oh, no, you never did that? No, no, which is how I know it tasted terrible because I, I did that. I'm not dumb. <laughs> um, so he was off doing, like, whatever shit he was doing, and I smashed and I was trying to come up with a way that I could explain how I did this without getting in trouble. Did for... you blame Jessica? No, I didn't. No, I even at that My age. Did no, no, no. It. Even at that age, I was. I also used to. Um, I used to sneak food. I used to get up in the middle of the night and I would. I would open up a bottle of soda to the point where, like, I it didn't crack the. Um, you know, like when you twist off the top. Like, the top of the cap separates from the, the bottom little plastic piece. Yeah. I would open it enough so it wouldn't separate, and I would just chug out of the two liter so my parents would come out, and it would look like this completely open, I mean, this completely sealed thing, but there was, you know, a significant amount of soda not in there. Did you do that? No. And it was like, there's no way you can prove I did. That's still closed. I didn't drink that. And I would... uh I would eat cookies and things. See, I was, I was, uh, I was a very intelligent child. I was. Uh, I remember getting up early once, and there was a can of Pringles on the, on the, living room coffee table, and I was so excited. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat all these fucking Pringles." I mean, I didn't swear because I was like three, but I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat all these fucking Pringles." Like whatever's in there, I'm eating it. I don't care. And it was like four in the morning and I opened up the, the the can and it was empty. And in the top, my parents had left me a note because I could read at a very early age. I mean, not anything super complex, but they left me a note that said, ha ha, Pat. And I could I read that and knew what it meant. And I was very disappointed. And I told them so when I woke when they woke up later, I was like, I got your note. That wasn't funny. So your favorite toy when you were younger was Pringles. food? <laughs> a can of Pringles? <laughs> but no, I'm just, you know, I would have adventures with all my, my little animals and Jessica was my favorite stuffed animal. So how about you? I know that I fucking rambled on for a while with that. Yeah. What else is new? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I had a few. Obviously, Barbie is the big one. I don't so much remember my first Barbie. I just remember Barbie like as far back as my earliest memories go. I just always remember Barbie being a huge part of my life. Um, but I also loved Cabbage Patch Kids and 
My Little Ponies. I had so many My Little Ponies. I loved My Little Ponies. Um, the original ones from the 80s. And what's so great right now is because it's the 30th, 35th, sometimes 40th anniversary of some of these toys, uh, they're coming out with like reproductions of certain things. So I was actually able to get a... 35th anniversary repro of the moon dancer unicorn my little pony she has pink and purple like a, a mane and tail uh, she's white and she has a glitter moon with stars on like her hind legs she was awesome she was my favorite what was her name sprinkle tits i just <laughs> shut <laughs> up oh sorry she's a horse sprinkle teats <laughs> Moon dancer, Professor Clip Clop. Oh my God, <laughs> Clip Clop, y'all. Um, but there was one guy in particular who has been in my collection. In I just I shouldn't say collection, but who I've had since I was four years old. There. So he is about thirty years old now. Um, I got him as a present from my aunt. Right before we were set to move to Guam, so kind of like a little side story, uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled around a lot, and when we were in between uh, being stationed different places, he would try to work in some time. Uh, within that travel time to visit family back up in Massachusetts. So he, my parents are from Massachusetts. I am not, but obviously this is where I live now. Um, so he would try to kind of work in some vacation time within the travel time to be able to go to, seeing as we were already, you know, flying, driving, doing our thing, you know, go visit some family and then travel to our next destination. So he had received orders for Guam. We were all moving overseas. It was a big move. Um, I had never been on a plane before. I was four years old. I was terrified, but so excited. My aunt gifted me with the... Probably greatest gift I've ever been gifted. A teddy bear. His name is Bear. Uh, I know I was really, really, really original. And actually, no, his full name is Cuddle Bear. So yeah, I know I was I was I was really original and uh quick witted with the names when I was younger. But anyways, we call him Bear for short. He's always been Bear. Uh he has been in several carry-ons. Um he's been on several flights. He's been halfway around the world and back. He's been to college. He's been, uh, I, I still sleep with him every night. No shame. Um, so have some kids kind of have like their, uh, like a, a blanket or blankie that they kind of grow attached to. Bear was my attachment and he's always been my security blanket. And, He's just so cool. So yeah, he's gotten a little old. He's a little uh a little worse for wear. He could he could use a good shampooing and his 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 he definitely needs a new um updated wardrobe, but he's still cool and I still fucking love him and 
we still snuggle on the couch and watch Sex in the City, and we still... He's a total Samantha. <laughs> you know, uh, Bear loves RuPaul Drag Race just as much as I do. And, yeah, um, so it's, I, I kind of wish my aunt was still around, too, so I could be like, see, he's still with me. He's still my buddy. Did um, he sing you the song? What song? Guamish Paradise. I hate you. Been spending <laughs> most of our lives living in a Guamish paradise. Nope, you're done. Um, There's giant crabs up here living in a Guamish paradise. Nope, you're done. Drink coconuts, not beer, living in a Guamish paradise. Oh my God, Wolfie, can we cut his mic, please? Um, we surf upon the turf. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're done. You're done. You're done. Um, so was there any toy that you want? I mean, we. I think we all know the Game Boy stories at, at this point, so spare us. But was there any other toys that you wanted growing up that you didn't get? Oh, yeah. Ton. There was. Uh, I will tell a story about one that I wanted that I did get. Okay. So when I was a kid, uh, I saw a commercial on a, on TV and I was like, holy shit. Like, I wasn't one of those kids that was into trucks and shit, but I saw this one. Oh, my God. It was called The Animal. And Rawr. it was just like a monster truck, and it was yellow. But when you turned like a little knob on the wheels, the tires would open up, and on each tire three sets of like claws would come out and it was supposed to make it like it could just crawl over everything and it wasn't real it wasn't true like you, it didn't actually do that the commercial lied to me was but it, I remember the advertising? commercial I remember the commercial. It was the animal, the animal, and it was just oh, so cool. And I really wanted one, and I got one. I didn't always get what I wanted because I remember asking my parents for because I really wanted to learn how to play the piano when I was a kid. And I asked for a grand piano, not realizing that they were like fucking twenty thousand dollars. But how about you? Did you ever? Uh, have something that you wanted that you didn't get? Yes, actually. So I think we all know by now that I'm a huge fan of Gem and the Holograms. And it was as a child, too, even though it came out. Uh, it debuted the year that I was born. But thanks to replays and whatnot, um, some of my earliest memories are watching Gem and the Holograms on Saturday morning cartoons. And I remember being in daycare. I think it was daycare at the time. Either daycare or preschool. And somebody had a Gem and the Holograms doll. Now, this wasn't just any Gem and the Holograms doll. This was the Gem and the Holograms doll. So it's the Gem doll where her earrings, you press a switch on her back and her earrings lit up. Um, she had the ensemble where when you put her hair a certain way 
and she wore a certain outfit. She was Jerrica, but then when you let her hair fully down and you put her in the other outfit with like these crazy metallic pink heels, she was gem. And like I was just infatuated <laughs> with this doll. So we had this thing. Um, I think it was like you brought in a toy, but then it was like sharing time. So you let someone else play with your toy and this girl always brought in gem and I would always ask her if I could play with her gem doll because I just loved it so much and she was she was different than Barbie her proportions were different her feet were bigger so you had to have like different accessories and whatnot for her um but I just loved her so much and I wanted my own gem doll so much and I never got her and um to this day I am still trolling eBay trying to find the perfect still in box almost pristine light up earrings gem of the holograms doll um a couple of years ago integrity toys actually did a couple of different reproductions so not only did they did a re- do a reproduction of the gem doll um, and she is so fierce looking she's fabulous they also did her in her glittering gold outfit which is probably one of my favorite episodes it's a very fabulous episode of gem and the holograms um but those are so expensive. Like they're more expensive than the gem dolls that you find on eBay. So um, if you find any gem dolls out there in your travels on eBay or whatnot, and you want to shoot me a link or whatever, yeah, please let me know. Because um, I am I'm still looking for the gem doll that I wanted as like a four-year-old. So... So yeah, it was it was gem. I wanted gem. I mean, and they had all of the other dolls too. So they had all of the holograms. So like Kimber and Aja. And they had some of the um, the misfits. So uh, Pizzazz and Stormer and Roxy. They had Rio with the purple hair. That was Gem and Jerrica's boyfriend. Um, they had her car, which was just so freaking cool. Um, so yeah, I, it was, it was, everything relates back to dolls. Um, it was, I, I really wanted a gem doll and I never got her. Well, that's too bad. Maybe someday someone will buy one for you. Maybe. Or I don't maybe know I'll who. find one myself, but. All right. So I think we should, uh. But that being said, we're going to go to our first break. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we are going to talk some Barbie. Barbara so Millicent Roberts. Stay tuned. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> He's 
Mamma mia! Giovanni Lombardo Redici! Shut up! I call bullshit! I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm gonna strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. Alright, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co created F is for Family. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Whiz Kid. You know, a town without best darn diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to best darn diddly, and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. are back so today we are talking barbie everything and anything barbie now before we get started i kind of want to ask you a question patrick yes what was like your first exposure to barbie do you have any memories of barbie did you ever play with barbie i mean um my mom had like a bunch of like old dolls and stuff that she was like, oh, do you want to play with some of my old dolls? And I was like three or four, and I was like, yeah, I don't care, because I had those and I had my He-Man guys, because at that point, you know, I I was not raised as, oh, my God, you can't play with a girl doll. That means you're gay. You know, whatever. F- who fucking cares? Like, my favorite show was, you know, He-Man, and I watched Jem, and I watched uh, She-Ra. I was like, I don't care as long as the 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 character is interesting what does it matter mm-hmm. so i had you know some of my mom's doll because she wanted to show me and like like this is what i used to play with this is what i had for toys and i would play with them i didn't care you know um they would uh, they would a lot of times get into fights with uh with he-man <laughs> um, who would win it depends on what the storyline was Okay. But it was um, the way you were able to pose some of the dolls. You could get some really cool moves, like you could get a guy and like throw them or carry them. Like I could balance them, and like and I would like kind of pose them, like you know Barbie's like carrying He Man over over her shoulder, or like you know He Man's fighting the Iron Sheik because we had like the wrestling, the big rubber wrestling guys oh, too. Yeah. So everybody, everybody got into the action. Like sometimes, you know, if Barbie needed help, Battle Cat would come in and, 
sometimes Barbie was a bad guy. Sometimes Barbie was a good guy. Sometimes He-Man was... It was you know, I had a rich imagination. Like, I didn't always have the greatest grasp on things. Like, I had this big coloring book that was based on a Spider-Man comic book the first time he fought Dr. Octopus. And there were no words. And because of the way Spider-Man, his costume is, from, like, his waist down, it almost looks like he's not wearing any pants. He just has boots on. Especially if you don't have any color or any words. So the first time I'm reading this comic, which is, or it's not a comic, but it's taken directly from the comic the first time Spider-Man fought Dr. Octopus. My whole thing was I thought Dr. Octopus had taken Spider-Man's pants and he was trying to get them back. So I just kind of filled in the gaps with what I had. And I would do that with 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 my mom's Barbie dolls and the uh the He-Man guys that I had and you know sometimes they would have Lego houses and sometimes they would, you know, have Lego rocket ships that they would ride on and you know every, everything was part of this one it was like the MCU, everything was part of one shared universe. Because mm-hmm. as far as I didn't know what the difference was, like, well, that's Mattel, and that's Hasbro, and that's this. It, everything was, these are things I like. I mean, nobody could beat Jessica. Jessica was number one. She'd just come in and just like, you'd have like five or six guys lined up, and it's like, oh, no, it's five or six guys. And she would always be like the ex machina because I could whip her arm down and she could just swipe out a whole row of bad guys so yeah for me um my memories of barbie are slightly different uh like i said i don't really remember my first barbie but i always i remember always having barbie and she was my favorite thing to play i could keep myself occupied for hours on the floor playing with my dolls and all of the fashions that she came with and the shoes and all of the other accessories and Barbie had cars and I had like Barbie's camping minivan. She had horses. And what was really cool is in the nineties, they came out with a horse that was battery operated that could move on its own. So it's like Barbie was really riding a horse and that was just so amazing. Um, I always wanted, uh, that's another thing I always wanted. I always wanted Barbie's dream house. I never got her dream house. I did get like a knockoff though, like Joni's apartment above a bowling alley or something like that. Above a bowling, Frank, <laughs> the Frank Grimes apartment above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. Um, I wanted the Barbie deep sea diving bell. Yeah. The, the, the Barbie bath escape. Um, but I had so many different Barbies and d- different colors, different types, different careers, different clothing. Um, Grave robber Barbie. Yes, actually, I do remember one of my favorites. She was Sea World Barbie, so she was dressed in a like hot pink scuba suit like wetsuit and that was just so cool and her legs were her legs looked like a black sparkly wetsuit and those were her legs so if you got them wet in warm water they were like the black wetsuit but if you got them wet in cold water it was like a wet black suit (laughs) um no 
if you got them wet in cold water, it went to like flesh tones. So that was kind of cool. And she came with an orca that was her friend. And then you could buy, uh, my parents also got me the bigger orca that was part of the set as well because I was huge into sea life. From the movie Orca the Killer Whale? Exactly, Where he yes. killed the chief from uh Yes, I mean, or, or Shamu, but, you know, same thing. Shampoo? Sh- yes. Muckmoo? Um, Muckmoo! <laughs> uh, so that was really cool. I had so many different ones, and they're still at my mom's place. And unfortunately... I have a sister who is seven years younger than I am. Not, not. I mean, this came out wrong. Uh, not, not. Unfortunately, I. Have unfortunately, a sister. <laughs> I have a sister. But um, she's seven years younger than I am. So as I was kind of on that cusp of my parents being like, "You're too old to have toys. You're too old to play with dolls." She was really coming into, oh, I want to play with everything. So I was kind of sort of forced to give my doll collection to her, which she, now I kind of, I feel like I need to preface this by saying I kept really, I took really good care of my dolls. The hair was always nice. The clothes were always kept. Everything, um, I had like a trunk that I kept all of the dolls in and then I had a separate bag kind of like a an old diaper bag that I used to keep all of the clothes and accessories and stuff too. Um, I kept the house uh, pristine because I, I did have a, a Barbie house. It just wasn't Barbie's dream house, but it was still pretty rad. Um, you know, I kept all of that really nice. Uh, her cars were always just perfectly kept, um, except for the ones that I took in the bath with me because those, like, regardless of how well you try to keep them, they just get all, like, mildewy and whatnot, and then they just become, like, permanent bath toys. But anyways, uh, I had to give them all to her. And my younger sister, I love her dearly, but every time I think of this, it makes me really angry. She cut Barbie's hair. Some of my Barbies are now bald. She took markers to their hair. She took markers to their clothes. She cut their hair. She cut their clothes. She uh, really didn't take the care that I did with them. So needless to say, my doll collection has greatly dwindled in population thanks to the hands of my little sister. But yeah, that'll that'll happen. But I mean, I can remember playing with, so I mean, I had a lot of, of boy friends growing up and they would have like G.I. Joes and Matchbox cars and and uh, action figures and whatnot. And I would bring my dolls over and we would just all play. Like it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, they would I be like, you. you know, we're going to play army men. And I'd be like, okay, I'll bring over my Air Force Barbie and she can like fly the plane and shoot the fuckers you know like <laughs> yeah that'll teach those fuckers <laughs> you know so anyways getting into a brief history of barbie and how she came to be ruth handler and her husband elliot founded the co- the toy company mattel in 1945 14 years later Ruth would introduce barbara millicent roberts better known as barbie to the world 
Barbie's official birthday is March 9th, 1959. That's the day she was officially introduced to the world at the American Toy Fair in New York City. Ruth was inspired by watching her daughter play make-believe with paper dolls of adult women. She also realized there was an important niche in the market for a toy that allowed little girls to imagine the future. Barbie's appearance was modeled after a doll named the Build Lily, which had been inspired by a German comic strip character. Originally marketed as a racy gag gift that men could buy in tobacco shops, the Lily doll later became extremely popular with children. Mattel bought the rights to Lily, and then Handler created her own version. So Handler always saw Barbie as a reflection of the times, with the first doll mimicking the glamour of the 1950s uh, with stars such as Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe. In its first year, 300,000 Barbie dolls were sold. The first Barbie doll, which is an iconic doll, she uh, there are two different types. There's a blonde and a brunette, and they have on the black and white strapless baby uh, bathing suit with a pair of black stiletto peep toe like sandals. Um, that doll originally sold for three dollars, but a mint condition doll today can fetch more than twenty five thousand dollars, which is why I don't have one. When Barbie first burst into the toy shops, the doll market consisted mostly of babies designed for girls to cradle, rock, and feed. By creating a doll with adult features, Mattel enabled girls to become pretty much anything they wanted. Over the span of her existence, Barbie has had over 200 careers. She broke the plastic ceiling when she went to the moon in 1965, four years before Neil Armstrong. Since then, she has been everything from a doctor to a paleontologist to a rock star to a computer engineer. Barbie's on-again, off-again longtime boyfriend, Ken Carson, was introduced two years after Barbie in 1961. Ken was actually named after Ruth's son. So she named Barbie after her daughter and then named Ken after her son. So she kind of kept it all in the family, which is kind of nice. Uh, To counteract criticisms that Barbie was solely a sex symbol, in 1963, Barbie's best friend Midge Hadley was introduced. A year later, Barbie's first little sister was announced, Skipper Roberts. In 1960, that was the one that I played with. You played with Skipper, yeah. That I never, I didn't so think of the word until Barbie you just said has it. a lot of siblings. So obviously, uh, Skipper was the first, and then in the nineties, I think like the early nineties, Stacy was introduced, and Stacy was spelled uh, Stacy with a C I E at the end, which I just thought was so rad. Um, and then I think it was, was it the mid nineties or late nineties, early two thousands, uh, little sister Kelly was introduced and little sister, uh, little brother, Tommy was also introduced as well. Like Kelly and Tommy are twins. So it's Barbie, Skipper, Stacy, Kelly and Tommy. I think that's it. You, uh, you just reminded me of something that I'm going to, I'm going to shoot over to Wolfie real quick if he can uh, play this for me. You got you got a second. I still have to like dig for it. Um, 
Oh, wait, I found it. Uh, if you can, it's a, a YouTube clip, but like you naming all those things reminds me of uh, this thing that I just sent to Wolfie. So if we can uh, play that. Hey, kids, we're eating dinner tonight. Come on, Tiffany, Heather, Cody, Dylan, Dermot, Jordan, Taylor, Brittany, Wesley, Rumor, Scout, Cassidy, Zoe, Chloe, Max, Hunter, Kendall, Caitlin, Noah, Sasha, Morgan, Kira, Ian, Lauren, Hubert, Phil. Yep, that's it. It reminds me of... Uh, Hubert? Yeah, those are uh, all all Barbie's friends and siblings. Hubert, Phil, Zoloft. Zoloft, yeah. I don't know. So anyways... Thank in, you, Wolfie. In 1967... Now may I go to the bathroom? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. In 1967, supermodel Twiggy was the first celebrity to join the Barbie family. family. Cher, Audrey Hepburn, Diana Ross, and J.K. Rowling, to name a few, would later join the ranks of celebrities made into Barbies. And that's kind of a, a thing that still happens today. Um, most recently, they made, uh, I think, Gigi Hadid, the model, is a Barbie. They made Barbies modeled after... Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt from the most recent Mary Poppins movie. Um, They did it for, I think they had Divergent series Barbies as well. I know that they had like Twilight Barbies and, um, oh God, what's that? The Hunger Games. They did it for the Hunger Games as well. Um, Star Trek Barbies are a thing. They had... Uh, Munster Barbies and Adam's Family and Bewitched and I Dream Genie. Like so many things have become a Barbie. It's it's crazy and awesome. So while there had been other African-American dolls in the Barbie collection before, including Barbie's friends Christie, which was introduced in 1968, an official African-American Barbie wasn't created until 1980 alongside a Latina Barbie. The same year saw the first of more than 40 different international Barbies released to date. Barbie's appearance had been changed many times, most notably in 1971 when the doll's eyes were adjusted to look forward rather than having a demure sideways glance of the original model. Starting in 1987, Barbie has expanded into a media franchise, including animated films, television specials, video games, and music. Now, that's because in 1987, Barbie was losing sales to, I believe it was Hasbro who put out the Gem and the Holograms dolls. It sounds so, about right. So uh, Barbie came out with its own thing called Barbie and the Rockers, which was still awesome. Like, I didn't view it as competition. <laughs> Rip off. Oh, excuse me. Shut up. I didn't view it as competition. I viewed it as, oh, my God, I want it all. Um, Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But it was done differently. Like, it was done so differently. So that's where the music comes into play. Barbie, um, just like the Gem and the Holograms dolls were released with cassette tapes from, uh, including music from the television show, they turned Barbie and the Rockers into, I think, um, it wasn't a show, but I think it was kind of like a limited animated 
short. Um, but anyways, they kind of did the same thing. They included included with the dolls were cassette tapes of these Barbie and the Rockers songs. So that, you know, it was it was cool. It was all fun. Um, it was just awesome. So, anyways, jumping a bit, uh, Barbie did a lot of things in the nineties. Um, the nineties saw the first disabled Barbie. There was a Barbie who was in a wheelchair and that's like, was met with a lot of controversy because a lot of parents were like, well, why would my daughter, why would my child want to play with a doll that's in a wheelchair? And Mattel was like, well, there are girls and kids out there in wheelchairs who would like to be represented. So that was a thing. Um, and uh, my personal favorite is, are, are the dolls of, of the 90s because, I mean, A, that's what I remember the most. That's what I played with the most. But also I found, uh, looking back on it, there was a lot of diversity uh, within the, the Barbies in the 90s that wasn't really brought to much attention. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like it wasn't met with a lot of critical acclaim, like what I'm going to be talking about in a few minutes. Um, so in 2009, Barbie celebrated her 50th birthday. The celebrations included a runway show in New York for the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. The event showcased fashions contributed by 50 well-known hot couture uh designers, including Diane von Furstenberg, Vera Wang, Calvin Klein, Bob Mackie, who has a beautiful line of Barbies. Uh, I forget how many are in his collection now, but the Bob Mackie dolls are just absolutely stunning. Um, And Christian Louboutin. Uh, Mattel produced a bald friend of Barbie named Ella. Uh, This was created to help young girls with cancer and only a limited number were made and distributed directly to hospitals. Responding to a petition from a cancerous patient mother in 2014, Mattel agreed to produce more Ella Barbie dolls. Clad in a black and white swimsuit reminiscent of her first outfit, from 1959, Barbie made the cover of the 2014 Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, which was quite controversial, and we will talk about that in a little bit. In 2016, Barbie fashionistas were introduced to the world. They came in four body types, seven skin tones, 22 eye colors, and 24 hairstyles, addressing longtime criticism that the dolls did not accurately reflect the diversity of the modern woman. In 2018, Mattel released a new inspiring woman collection that features three groundbreaking history-making women, Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo, and Katherine Johnson. They're also making more. I believe they also made a Misty Copeland Barbie. She is like, uh, well, she's, she's famous for being a black ballet dancer. Um, they made some of the, I can't remember if it was the most recent Olympic gymnastics team. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was either the, the The one with Allie Reisman. 
Uh, maybe not her. Maybe it was the one before, like the team before that. Or I maybe know. it was, um, it might, it actually, it might be Simone Biles. I don't know. I, I would need to look that up. Um, but in 2019, with the marking of Barbie's 60th anniversary, Mattel released a new Barbie body type that featured a smaller bust, less defined waist, and more defined arms. The addition was just the latest in Barbie's expanded line, featuring a wider range of body shapes. So included in all of this, just some fun facts, Barbie has had over 40 pets, including cats and dogs, horses, a panda, a lion cub, and a zebra. She has owned a wide range of vehicles, including pink Corvette convertibles, trailers, and Jeeps. Oh, I had this really cool Barbie Jeep once. I just wanted to throw that out there. It was really cool. Um, you could take like the, the cover off of it. Like She could go camping in it if she wanted to. Um, it was just super cool. Anyways, uh, she also holds a pilot's license and, and operates commercial airliners in addition to serving as a flight attendant. Barbie's careers are designed to show that women can take on a variety of roles in life. And the doll has been sold with a wide range of titles, including Miss Astronaut Barbie from 1965, Dr. Barbie from 1988, and NASCAR Barbie from 1998. See, I I like the fact when you know we haven't really touched on it, but I was waiting to get to this point. Um, <clears throat> they had like the career Barbies in the 60s. I I I didn't know much about this. We just watched uh, on Hulu. There's a documentary called Tiny Shoulders, and it's all about Barbie. I know you're you're getting to that, but right, it's all about Barbie, and most uh, the foc- of the focus is on the 2016 release of the Barbie Fashionistas, which you know the one that they pretty much redesigned Barbie in multiple different ways. Well, what I liked was the fact that, um, and I didn't even think about this, the first astronaut Barbie came out prior to the first real female astronaut. Right. I mean, this came out in 65. The moon landing wasn't until 1969. So this is right around, you know, like hidden figures time. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they had these dolls for. It's like it's like in the, the Simpsons episode with, you know, Lisa talking about her Malibu Stacy. They're not dolls. They're aspiration figures. You know, because like, you know, guys, are like, oh, they're not dolls. They're action figures. And, you know, that's literally what this was. Right. Well, and that's why Barbie was created, if you think about it. So Ruth Handler was inspired by her daughter playing with paper dolls. And she wanted something else for her daughter to play with that wasn't a baby doll, that didn't focus on you become her daughter becoming a mother or a nurturer or you know uh being a a wife and that's uh one thing i want to focus on is the ken doll for just a brief minute so she's had an on-off romantic relationship with her boyfriend ken ken carson who first appeared in 1961 A news release from Mattel in February 2004 announced that Barbie and Ken had decided to split up. 
But in February 2006, they were hoping to rekindle their relationship after Ken had a makeover, which is kind of vapid and shallow. But I'm, I'm, I plan on making a bigger point in a couple minutes. Um, and just to kind of finish this off, Mattel has created a range of companions for Barbie, including Hispanic Teresa, Midge, African-American Christy, and Steven, which is Christy's boyfriend. Barbie's siblings and cousins were also created, including Skipper Todd and Stacy. Uh, Kelly, Chrissy, and Francie. Barbie was friendly with Blaine, an Australian surfer, during her split with Ken in 2004. So one thing I love about Barbie, it's it's always been Barbie. And if it's if Ken's involved, it's Barbie and Ken. It's never been like Ken and Barbie or Ken and Barbie. It's always been Barbie. Yeah, it's always Ken, Barbie. You know, but but Barbie has always been in the forefront and. Again, the thing that I love about her is, you know, and and again, it's something that has led to some controversy amongst, you know, uh, the feminist movement in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and even today. And some people have a different view of Barbie than I do. But I loved the fact that it was her. And that's it. It's Barbie. Barbie can be anything she wants to be. She can wear anything she wants to wear. She can be with whoever she wants to be with. If she wants to be dating Ken, that's cool, but she doesn't have to. If she wants to go to the mall with Midge, she can. That's fine. Like, it's not focusing on... And I know, I think, actually, I think it was in the... It might have been the 90s. They had, like, pregnancy, like, like mommy Barbie, where like the baby was in the tummy and then you could take the baby out of the tummy it was weird okay mattel definitely had some some misses it was it was it was really weird um but you could take the baby out of the tummy and then she could be a mommy but it also wasn't like discouraging girls from being maternal and nurturing and whatnot but it was showing you that hey you have all of these options you can be an astronaut you can be a doctor you can be a stay-at-home mom if you want to and that's the thing if you want to it's okay you know some of the controversies that surround barbie are you know pretty much pertain to her size uh, as it relates to actual an actual person's size and the I'll, her I'll body say, proportions, I'll say lack of diversity of Barbie when she came out. Well, and the thing that I I, I learned from from watching this documentary, and apparently there had been many, 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 many tries over the years to sort of expand upon who Barbie is. Um, because there's there's something for, you know, like, this is Barbie, and we are, uh, you know, this is what she looks like. You know, you can have the friend, and you can have, the, you know, the cousin and the brother and the whatevers, but Barbie is the focal point. So when they were finally getting to the point of wanting to change the the... The actual Barbie, not introducing a black friend or a handicapped friend or an astronaut friend, whatever. When they wanted to change Barbie herself, people were so resistant because there are these people that, 
you know, it's like anytime you try to make a change to anything, you know, you have these purists mm-hmm. come out. It's like, but this is always how it's been. And it's like, right, but that's not what life is anymore. So if they, you know, they wanted to, and it was, again, this is all about everything that they had to go through just to make these changes. And they wanted to, like, let's make a curvy Barbie. And they, they talked about, like, how do we word this? We have to say it the right way. So it's pleasing to parents, you know, and it's, you know, because they're not going to call her thick Barbie or We're you know, fat Barbie, chunky Barbie. You know, it's you have to come up with a, a word that is, you know, pleasing to people because there's always going to be somebody who finds fault with what you do. Oh, absolutely. And they got a lot of negative press on this, but they also got a lot of positive stuff because it's like there's a tall Barbie and a shorter Barbie and curvy Barbie. And the features of these dolls. So they have, you know, Barbies that have Asian features and they have Barbies that have, you know, it's not just a typical Barbie that they just made changed black. different. Yeah. It's that, not... that, they, that they made a different color. They actually right. changed the features to appropriately structures, resemble. Yeah. It's right. not like so, they repainted it differently. Right. So because they wanted girls and women to see these dolls and be able to see themselves in them. And I guess for me, that's one of the reasons why I've never had an issue with Barbie. Um, growing up, you know, I did get made fun of for for playing with Barbies. And I did have some friends who didn't like Barbie because, you know, well, she's too skinny and this isn't realistic and blah, 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 blah. But I could always divorce myself of the idea that she was realistic because she was a doll. She was always a doll to me. I never played Barbies and said, well, she's me. I would, you know, um, give my Barbies really cool names and, you know, kind of project a little bit of who I wanted to be when I got older or who I envisioned myself being as I got older on these dolls. But I was never one to be like, this doll is me. I am this doll. This is what I want to be like because it's a hunk of plastic. It's not real. Well, what I was, what I was trying to say is like, you know, when you see this and, you know, cause people are like, why have you done this yet? It's so overdue, you know, like why isn't there more representation as they were making, like they showed how they make each mold and how they, like they have the designers drawing things and then like as they're going step by step, you're like, here's the 3D model. And, you know, they showed all the different issues that they started having. Like one of the big things is swapping clothes back and forth between different different dolls. Right, because and that you, was one of the marketing ploys of, of Barbie was she could share clothes with any other doll, Barbie and, doll. And, you know, you started having like the feet sizes were different. And then now you have to start changing the accessories because the regular Barbie would fit in, you know, the car and the house and the bathtub and all this stuff. But now you have to start changing it because does the tall one fit in the car? Does the curvy one fit in the car? Now, you know, the tall one's too tall to walk through the, you know, to go through the doorway without having to duck down. So now you have to implement all these changes. And even the the designer, I I forget the guy's name, even said like, you know, in, in... it wasn't in an interview. It was just like in one of these like pitch meetings. It was just like, 
wow, like I didn't realize that this was so difficult. No wonder why no one's done this before. Because it was this massive undertaking that took over a year. Like it was coinciding with like this, you know, huge art exhibit that they were doing in Paris mm-hmm. and they were trying to like get it out for a convention. And so they, they, they had this, everybody was like on edge because they had just done a big interview with time and they're wondering how time was going to portray it, you know? And I think the article they said was a Barbie for everybody, you know, and it was really positive. And, you know, obviously there were some people like, why do you have to change this? Why do you have to make a, a curvy Barbie? Why can't we have a, you know, why do we want kids to aspire to be fat? Why don't we have kids that aspire to be, you know, athletic? But it's like they made an athletic Barbie. They had everything because there were so many kids for almost 60 years that didn't have that representation. Mm-hmm. So now they're getting all these different versions of this classic character and you're seeing like you know one of the 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 things that they did was they had kids reactions to it and there was this one little girl that was like oh yeah i like her because she's curvy because i'm what you would call curvy you know she she couldn't have been older than what nine she's like yeah she's like she goes but she's not She's got muscle, and she, like, holds up one of the traditional Barbies. She goes, see this? She doesn't have any muscle, and just kind of, like, flung it off screen. Mm-hmm. She's like, I like this one because this one more represents me. And it's like, that's the fucking point. Right. For so long, not everybody is, like, this tall, skinny, blonde with impossible proportions. Because, I mean, they were like, oh, the boobs are too big. So they made the boobs a little smaller. But then they made the waist even smaller. And it's like, you're not going to get that unless you're, like, extreme corseting. Right. But, again, like, what I was saying is, you know, I have the ability to, you know, think of it as a toy. Because that's what it was to me. It was a it was a toy. I didn't project myself onto the doll. Um, you, you know, aspiration-wise, sure, because my Barbies were fashion designers and they were famous and they were podcasters. Ha <laughs> ha, no, just kidding. Uh, podcasting wasn't a thing back in the 90s. But anyways, you know, she was famous. She was single. She was doing her thing. You know, she um, was a friend. She was fabulous like that's the thing like she was just she was just fabulous and I was able to kind of you know really get out a lot of my creativity uh playing with with these dolls but they were never more than just dolls to me they weren't aspiration figures to you they were just a means to express your but I mean there are girls out there who use it as such you know who were like oh I want to be just like Barbie you know, and strive to that fucking guy that turned himself into the human Ken doll through. I think the insane amounts of the surgery. Only negative impact Barbie had on me growing up was in the nineties. The big thing was my size Barbie, and the the grab of that, like the allure of that, was. You were able to wear, you were supposed to be able to wear the clothing that Barbie was wearing. Like Barbie came with clothing so you two could could match Mm -hmm. and stuff. And being a chubbier child, um, that clothing never fit. And that was the only disappointment I ever had with Barbie 
was because I was just a little husky as a child. And I, I mean, I just, I never fit. Um, and granted, I never got one of those dolls. It was always my, my friends had them and they fit into the Barbie's clothes. So, you know, I would try to fit in and I never fit. So, but, which is probably why they don't make those dolls anymore either. I haven't seen a My Size right. Barbie in oh couple of decades. See, now what they do now. is they make the, the princess dresses like our niece like loves the princess dresses, but they make them, they don't put them on dolls, but they're the same dresses that the dolls have. Right, right. It's so this, you can dress like Anna and Elsa and stereotyp- whoever the fuck Typical, else. you know, one size fits most. And it, yeah, and now it, it's, it's more inclusive. Well, I mean, now it is. Now That's you can actually, like, yeah. Now you can actually find. You can match sizes. your dolls, but like right. But but and now you can actually find different sizes of these princess dresses as well, which is fantastic. So you can find the dress that your doll is wearing mm-hmm. and match them. Right. But you know, but again, like this is something that they did away with a long time ago because it worked for a hot minute, but then it. It didn't. So that's really the only negative experience I ever had with Barbie. But again, like I never blamed Barbie. I just I was just like, you know, oh, well, I'm just I'm just different. I'm, I'm too not big to wear this. Right. You know, it was just an, I just accepted it. But, you know, I never wanted to be actually. No, I take that back. I did want her makeup. So didn't they have like a makeup Barbie? They had thing? so many makeup. So they had the head. That came with, um, like, well, back when I was younger, they had the, uh, so it was a bust. So it was from, like, the shoulders up. This big Barbie head. You could style her hair. She came with all these different accessories. She came with different, like, earrings and uh, necklace and stuff that you could put on her. And she came with fake makeup. Uh, Some of it was color changing with water. So you could like change her makeup. They did have Barbies that uh, came with kind of like the kids makeup. And I had one of those in the late 90s and going into middle school. So all the girls were wearing makeup at this point. And my mom wouldn't let me wear makeup. So I would actually bring Barbies makeup to school and I would apply the makeup in the bathroom at school and then wash it off before I went home. I mean, that makes sense. Didn't they have another one where, like, it was, like, warm water or something you can, like, warm or cold water would, like, give different effects? A, a lot of Barbies were like that. Color changing with warm or cold water. Uh, the hair, Different too. color the hair, hair yeah. different color makeup, uh, color changing outfits. Um, nails. They they even had that with color changing nails. Uh, they had a, my sister had this doll. It was like temporary. It was tattoo Barbie, and she came with a bunch of temporary tattoos that my sister decided to to stick all over her face. So I should tell my sister that she started a trend uh, with today's SoundCloud rappers. But anyways, um, so yeah. So there's been a lot of controversy ar- around Barbie and her appearance and the potential negative effect that it would have on young girls. But again, like I said, I have a hard time relating to that because that wasn't me. I I didn't experience that. I saw all of the, and still continue to see all of the good that Barbie offers. 
and the fact that and of course like now we have more dolls on the market um there were the Bratz dolls of the early 2000s Mattel has also introduced the Monster High dolls which I think are just so freaking cool they just they just warm my icy little horn you have a couple of them I have the vampire one yes um what's her Laura Draculaura Draculaura um but yeah, I just I think that uh, if Barbie cons- to, uh, continues to pro- progress forward, and part of the reasons why they did all of these changes with Barbie was the fact that they were exhibiting they, they were having it was low sales ultimately it was money that forced the company to make changes because they weren't making as much revenue as they were in previous years, especially what they were making in the 80s and 90s. They have a lot of different things that they need to keep up with, and they realized that they needed to make a change. I think this is a change for the better. I think that, you know, Barbie tends to follow the trends, and Barbie also tends to follow the trends of feminism, and this is where feminism has led us, so obviously I think it it makes sense that Barbie would want to assimilate, to follow suit, to, you know, be a part of what's going on. I also love the fact that Barbie is paying attention to not only celebrities, but other feminist icons you know like Amelia Earhart and Frida Kahlo we're going to see more of that line as well and we're going to see more of these powerful amazing influential women be portrayed as dolls and like that's the doll I want my kid to be playing with you know that's yeah. what I want my my child to be aspiring to. And with the 60th anniversary of Barbie, they're coming forth with a lot more of uh, different varieties of like the career Barbies and stuff as well. Um, not too long ago, I made a... This is a horrible example, but not too long ago, I made a post about how scientist Barbie was more like lab safety violation Barbie. Yes. But still the fact that she's out there, the fact that they have a scientist Barbie is just cool. Um, I'm still debating as to whether or not to write to Mattel and explain to them, hey, a more like accurate representation of scientist Barbie would be greatly appreciated wearing proper attire and having her hair pulled back and wearing gloves and whatnot. Um, you know, cover her legs. That's what I would like to say. And her feet. Um, you know, that's what I would like to see, but I mean, baby steps, you know, but we're seeing a huge boom in what's available out there as far as dolls and toys for little girls. And I like the fact that we're getting away from, you have to have baby dolls and you have to be nurturing. I mean, you can, that's totally cool if that's what you want to be, but you can also play with something else and be something else. And that's perfectly fine too. Yeah. So I think uh, that's a pretty good good spot to... um, If any of you out there have anything to add to this discussion, definitely hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or what have you. Send us an email. And um, yeah, so I think with that being said, we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we got a new battle to throw down. That's right. Stay tuned. (laughs) 
this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. Patrick Ray Hall, in the motherfucking house. <laughs> Patrick Ray Hall, in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall, in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall, in the motherfucking house. Oh my god, turn that shit down. <laughs> and we are That's back. the best song ever. It's debatable. Um, so we're back. Thank you to Oh, I almost did an end game not an end game, a Game of Thrones spoiler. But I, I almost I won't I'll write it down so you can see it later. Okay. Well, good thing you caught yourself. Yeah, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Yeah, no, no, we're not, we're not jerks, or at least we're we're not, we're not that kind of jerk. We're a different kind of jerk. We're not going to spoil things for you. We're just going to be jerks in other ways. Um, so, anyways, we have a brand new battle to throw down this week. We do. We have some uh, battle music that we can. Uh that we can play up for you from our good friends Enchanted Exile and uh, more on them in a moment. Today, in honor of our Barbie episode, we are having a doll-centric battle. We are calling it Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. We have Barbie versus the Bratz Dolls versus the Monster High Dolls. Wait, just Barbie or like Barbie and like... Well, the the Barbie, like the Barbie conglomerate, like Barbie and her friends. Is this like Mafia Assassin Barbie? Yes. Yes, Godfather Barbie. Seal Team 6 Barbie? Yes. Um, versus the Monster High Dolls at a pool party. Anything goes. Who do you think will win? Be sure to sound off on our polls, on our Facebook page, and we'll post that on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Who do you think would win? So It's a pool party. To the death. Just add to the death to anything. It's like, yesterday it was tacos to the death. That sounds painful. So, I uh, I am happy to announce that next week, uh, like I was saying about these uh, these gentlemen that we just heard from Retro uh, Enchanted Exile, mm-hmm. the gentlemen from Retro Red Octopus, correct, and they are going to be in studio with us next what? week. Because we are going to be talking some giant kaiju to get you ready for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh my god, Godzilla! 
So we are going to give you some background on Mothra, Rodan, Ghidorah. I almost said Gamera. Ghidorah and the big man himself. Godzilla! Dr. Sarazawa. So. I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah. And I be a lot of monsters. I get to have you watch a bunch of Godzilla movies that you haven't seen. Godzilla, I'm so excited. Bring it on. And uh, yeah, can we talk about Minya too? Uh, oh, if I'm we just ha- sitting here lonesome because I got no friends. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I want to talk about him. He's a fucking chump. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna be talking about that. But first, we have some. Science stuff to talk about. Science! From the blackness of space, timeless from the void, you terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. Okay, so because I just got to see a bunch of sharks and and everything last week, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about sharks because i really like sharks and and rays and sharks and rays are essentially uh they're they're related they're very similar they have uh they are they cousins uh yeah i guess you could you could say that and uh they both tend to exhibit some um some interesting behavior but uh one of the things we learned about the rays while we were at um at uh, at the aquarium in Boston was now we know that rays can be dangerous. Stingrays can be dangerous because they have the the barb, and you know, unfortunately, that's how uh, the world lost Steve Irwin because mm-hmm. he got a stingray barb through the the, the heart. And what we learned uh, because they had like a little demonstration when they were feeding some of the animals on top of their twenty thousand gallon tank. You know, they had people asking questions. I didn't get to ask any questions because there were a bunch of little kids. And, you know, I'm a nearly 40-year-old man. And it, it would just, it was better to let the kids ask the questions. But they asked some real, like, kudos to those kids because they, they asked some really good questions. And one of the questions was, you know, how do you keep the stingrays from, because what they do is, because they have this 535-pound turtle, and what does a 535-pound turtle eat? Whatever it wants. So they have to distract the turtle by throwing him. Uh, she likes Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. So they were throwing Brussels sprouts and stuff to keep the turtle at the top of the tank because they have a diver actually go into the tank and almost hand feed some of the uh, some of the fish. And, you know, one of the kids asked, you know, how do you keep like the stingrays from injuring you? Because there were a few in there. Now, they do have some sharks in there, but the sharks are, you know. 18 to 24 inches long. They're not and, very big. Yeah, and they're really docile. Yeah. I mean, sharks aren't docile, but when faced with a larger animal that could be a predator or a threat, they tend not to go after things bigger than them unless it's already dead. They tend to go after stuff smaller than them, which, you know, if you're a 16-foot shark, that opens up a lot of possibilities. So they said, well, how do you keep the, the rays from hurting you and jamming you with the the barbs and stuff. So what they do is they actually periodically will trim the barbs on the stingray. They trim it down all the way like to a tiny nub. And apparently it's like keratin. The same stuff our fingernails and hair are made out of. Yeah. So it doesn't cause them any pain and it just continues to grow like our fingernails and hair. 
So they just clip them down periodically to make sure that it's safe and the animals, you know, aren't going to hurt each other or any of the guests or the divers that are in there feeding them. So it's a safety precaution, but it's also something that doesn't cause the animal any harm because in these big tanks, it doesn't have to defend itself from anything. There's no predators. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And that would, uh, I didn't know that was even possible. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm thinking, you know, taking away a, a stingray's sting or a barb is like declawing a cat, which is cruel and painful. But no, it's just like clipping your cat's fingernails. That's all it is. So that's my science fact for today. Very cool. So I got wine. (laughs) Welcome to the Vineyard of Nightmares. So as we head into warmer weather, I know that people like to switch up what they drink. So summer tends to bring more rosés and moscatos, more kind of like refreshing wines. Uh, A far cry from the deep and bold reds that the winter months bring. But some of you may be asking, well, Ashes, what should I drink now? Like, it's not summer yet, but it's definitely not winter anymore. Is there a type of wine that kind of marries the two, the nice dryness of a red, but the sweetness of a rosé together in one bottle? And my answer to you is yes! Yes, there is. I am coming to save the day and tell you all about White Zinfandel. Most importantly, Sutter Home White Zinfandel. Well, you may be asking yourself, Ashes, why Sutter Home specifically? Well, because they are the brand who created White Zinfandel back in 1972 It was an accident made by one of the winemakers that uh, turned out to be a happy little accident. That's what Bob Bob Ross would have called it. A happy little accident. And um, he decided to work with the accident that he made and try to perfect it. And in 1975, Sutter Holmes' White Zinfandel was released. Now, other vineyards and winemakers have since copied suit and created their own. But I feel like if we're going to talk about this one specific kind of wine, we need to talk about the OG brand that created it. So Sutter Home White Zinfandel. It is the perfect blend of dry and sweet. Now, although it's called a white Zinfandel, it is in fact more of a pinky rosé color. It is very nice on the palate in the fact that you can either drink it at room temperature or you can chill it. It's very versatile with uh, different foods that you can eat it with. It pairs well from everything light to like fish dishes uh, to heavier dishes like pasta and even like 
red meats and and spicier dishes and whatnot. So if you're looking for something that kind of gets you out of the bold reds of the winter, but uh, you're not quite prepared to drink the sweetness of the rosés and the moscatos of the summer, I highly suggest that you pick up a white Zinfandel. And may I recommend the Sutter Home White Zin, because not only is it typically between five or six dollars a bottle, uh, which is crazy affordable, but they are the winemakers who created the White Zin brand. And if you're going to drink something, you might as well drink the original. See, I thought you were going to talk about the stuff they drink beyond the wall, that type of white Zinfandel. <laughs> no. Yes. No, no. Not, That's why not it's the, pink because it's the ground up flesh of zombies. I was saying not the Tormund Giants Bane special. No, 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 no. White. W-I-G-H-T. Oh, oh that kind of that white. That kind of white. White Zinfandel. I, d- I don't think they're quite partial to a nice glass of wine. No, you make that. You grind them up. That's why it's pink. You grind up the flesh of zombies. It's I don't more know like if, a I don't slurry. know what the flesh of zombie wouldn't it be like more like a It's more like a slurry. A it's more like or a like slurry. a white. Yeah, it is a white. But who's on first? <laughs> all right, so I think uh that's a pretty good place to stop. We want to thank you all for joining us for episode 150. What? And uh again join us next week when uh we will be talking joined. some kaiju. Yep, joined by the Retro Redoctopus Gents. Before you guys sign off, congratulations on 150. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Wolfie. It's, uh, I just read an article recently that said there is... The article was written like several months ago, so I'm sure it's it's changed since then. But there has been like 540,000 podcasts, uh, different like mm-hmm. podcasts out there, not episodes, wow. just shows. And... I can't remember. I forget the percentage now, but it was something ridiculous, like 90% of them, like a really high percentage pod fade after se- uh, before the seventh episode. That's crazy. Wow. Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of work and it's a lot of determination. And it's so, not a lot of gratification f- while you're building up. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, guys, you know, like your show, you got 353 coming up or 353 three or 354? Uh, three. So, you got 353, you know, you got... Th- you know our 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 buddy uh, OTC Bill with uh, what yeah. are they at like nine thousand four hundred and twelve episodes? Like that. They're like on their like eleventh year. Yeah, wow. so they've got like five I mean, six hundred episodes. And by the way, if got... you're not listening to these guys, you should be because their trick or treat radio is just great, and outside the cinema is very entertaining. Talk without rhythm. Like, yeah, with El Goro. If it wasn't for those shows, like we wouldn't exist. So. Blame them. It's, it's all your fault. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that before you guys signed off. Well, I Great. appreciate well, thank it. You, you should so be proud. Much. We, we are. We've, we've put you. a lot of time and effort. It's not always super easy. and It's barely an inconvenience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> super difficult. Very much an inconvenience. <laughs> no, but it's something that, you know, having a podcast is a lot of fun. And it's something that you kind of have to grow with and evolve with and not be resistant to change and you know just strive to make this monster your own it's like the the advice i was given because on one of the i think it was like the third or fourth podcast i was ever on so i was like hardcore neophyte at this point oh wee babe and 
I had been on one show. I did one episode of Trick or Treat Radio. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I did one episode of Trick or Treat Radio, episode 68, so almost 300 fucking episodes ago. <laughs> um, and then I was uh, invited on to do the Elm Street Kids with uh, Myers and Wiley. And on one of the first shows I did with those guys, fucking El Goro was on and Steven Scarlatta. And it's like, I'm like... I'm a fucking rookie. I've I've never do this. Like I am so far out of my fucking league. And El Goro said to me, he said, "Listen, there's a million people that do who what we do, but nobody else has your voice." I've given that same advice. I've passed that on. I always give him credit too. I have passed that on a thousand times because it's great advice and if you're ever like really nervous about something like that, just think about it this way. You know, there's a million people that do what we do, but nobody else is going to say the things that you say and do the things that you do and use your voice, get your, your, your thoughts out there. As long as you're not hurting anybody. Um, so yeah, with that being said for the 150th time, we, we will, will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. 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 Yeah.